right, and we are checking back in with the To Be Determined podcast with your host, as always, 2BD. And once again, I have a special guest on the podcast with me, Mr. Johans LaCour. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Appreciate you for being here on the podcast with me. No doubt. No, it's, it's good to be here, man. I especially appreciate uh, some uh, curiosity from, from, from somebody who was about my age when I... When all of this shit actually happens. So, no, nah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, thrilled to be talking to you, bro. Most definitely. I appreciate that. So, when we start with the 2BD podcast, fresh guests, first time on the pod, we always start with two questions. The first question is always going to be, what did you want to do or what did you want to be when you were a kid? When I was a kid... Um, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be a revolutionary. I wanted to be somebody who, uh, who does something real radical and it changed the idea of what that could be and how it could happen changed, you know, as I, cause you know, I, what is a kid, how old, right? It changed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, at the end of the day, you know, um, I had a I had an uncle who was a uh, civil rights attorney and an activist. Um, I seen my father, you know, get involved with post political campaigns. You know, um, I read about the Panthers and you know was a, and was real uh, was a fan of. I wasn't a member, but I was a huge fan of Farrakhan. I I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something that uh was gonna make like huge impact. Um. That's, you know, I wanted to be a, a black superhero. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's it's funny that you just start off right at the bat. Like, as a kid, I wanted to be a revolutionary. I get so many responses. Um, just, you know, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a dancer. It's like they, as as kids, we, we see these roles in and around us and it's like we aspire to be those things but you know mentioning that you had um an uncle who's a civil rights attorney and just like different people and different um people that you see in different places of your life that you kind of formulate into something so that's that's really dope from from a kid you you knew what it was from the beginning yeah now now i will say you know as as at the same time what i probably if i'm thinking about a a profession in particular that probably stayed with me the most. It was probably, and I've, I've said this before in regard to this one, to being a storyteller. When I saw Do the Right Thing, Spike Lee's like second movie, um, second or third movie, I, uh, I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to make movies. I wanted to tell stories, but even that was because I saw something revolutionary on the screen and it felt, Felt like the probably the most impactful way that this that that made sense for me. Hmm. It's a classic film. Classic. Um, and the second question is going to be: What is it that you do now? I tell stories, and I and I create art. I tell yeah, I tell stories. I create art. I'm working. Uh, <clears throat> I'm still. I'm you know, 
continuing with journalism, uh, the podcast was kind of like just a, a just a blessing of a introduction, um, a reintroduction to journalism. That's just you know um, taught me so much and cre- and created a lot of reason for me to uh, to be passionate about journalism again, man. So so I'm writing. Um, and uh, and I make stuff. I uh, I work with uh, I work with leather. I'm a leather craftsman, and uh, I picked up leather work in the joint. I'm actually sitting here working on a bag as we speak. Uh, I create like sneakers, accessories, handbags, stuff like that. So I'm an artist and an activist. Okay, gotta keep gotta keep the balance is what I yeah, yeah. say. Um, but yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show for everyone that isn't familiar is you recently released um, a podcast episodic series. You didn't see nothing with um, the Invisible Institute and USG Audio in which you you detail, you know, from your perspective, um, the Lenard Clark beating in uh, 1997 um, and the way that it kind of almost like follows your trajectory as you experienced it um so yeah i'm i'm super excited for you to be on the podcast so we can talk a little about this story because i think it's it's very it's a very important story and it's it's one of those things that you know it's the the news cycle it it continues to happen we see different instances of of racial violence over the years in different decades and how it kind of plays out so Exactly. So I guess I would ask, you know, your voice is being used to play such an important part in shaping like the historical um, narrative of of this event. And, you know, I would say like for someone like myself who was born in 97, I was a newborn baby at the time. And like for other people who didn't grow up in Chicago, Chicago and aren't from the area, what is it like having like so many people recognize the history through like your lens yeah it's it's important man it's 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 rewarding too um because it was it was a story that was just like real close to my heart so um and it's and it's a it's a, it's a story that you know it's it's a black american story in general but it's it's a chicago story in particular so you know, for the people who remember, the people who were there, the people who sacrificed their time and hours and, and, and energy, um, the few people who, you know, stayed the course uh, back then, um, for them to, to be proud as a woman in particular, Zakia Muhammad, who appears in the podcast, and she just was an inspiration and worked tirelessly to follow the case. By the time the case came around, you know, so much had happened in my own investigation of it. I wasn't, um, I wasn't following it nearly as closely, uh, damn near at all. But she, she was on top of it, and she was disrespected. She was, you know, really dragged. She and she, and this was a woman, a black woman, uh, who was one of the loudest and most forceful voices in that courtroom and, and during in Chicago during the time of that trial. And so, you know, for someone like her 
who was there in a really up close and personal way and really put blood, sweat, and tears into it to uh, to be like proud of the work um, and 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 appreciative, you know what I mean, of that story getting out um, in that way, uh, honestly, you know what I mean, accurately. That's rewarding as hell, you know. So um, it's, it's been it's been real good to, uh, to 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 satisfy you know my my Chicagoans who are who are on top of it. Most definitely, um, the the power of storytelling to be able to, you know, revisit a narrative and revisit a time, um, and kind of look at it from a lens separate than you know the mainstream media of the time or what the the social narrative was at the time is is so power powerful. Yeah, well, you know. Um... I think I think that with in terms of storytelling and it using it as a powerful tool, if you see storytelling as a powerful tool, and that's why you want to use it, that means you're trying to tell stories that you're invested in. And the best way to tell a story that that, that you're invested in is to actually get invested in it, not just your interest, um, but when and where possible, obviously, and within reason to uh, to join up the fight, to join up with, you know, whatever uh, you, you feel um, advocates what it is that's compelling you to the story. And, and, and I think that's why this was so big for me, because I, I came across wanting to tell this story by actually being so moved by it that I wanted to take action. It wasn't even about, I want to tell the, the storytelling was just the action I was taking uh, once I had already, you know, I got involved in this case. I heard about it and wanted to, actually wanted to fight, actually wanted to physically assault and attack folks uh, in response to, this, to the attack on this boy. So I got involved in it, and, and it was, you know, it, it was because I was so eager to get involved and that excited and passionate about the case that, you know, I, I stayed the course of of uh, of investigating. So yeah, I think I think storytellers need to have, I think I think it helps a hell of a lot um, for a storyteller to have a connection to the, to the story he or she is telling. Hmm. Um, when was it or what was it that made you realize that you wanted to, um, you wanted to tell this story, you wanted to relive um, this moment and, and broadcast that lens? Well, I, uh, I knew I wanted, I knew I wanted this story told uh, when I was in prison, um, and I was and I was looking at, you know, all of the assaults on on black folks across the country, you know, during that uh, that Obama administration, which I spent the whole of behind bars. Um, you know, I was we were seeing, you know, I mentioned this in the podcast, we were seeing, uh, you know, black folks getting just murdered by police and just white everyday citizens 
um, and watching so many of them uh, walk and, you know, not be held accountable. Um, and and so, you know, it, I would I would be telling this, retelling the story. I was retelling the story quite often in the joint, just telling, you know, trying to let brothers know, you know, you, you get a case like Philando Castile out of Minnesota. That's where I was locked up. So that's why it was especially kind of um, close to home. And and the brothers from Minnesota, you know, um, and, and so it, it, it's it's in their city. So it's you know, and I you know, and I'm cool with a lot of them. And so you know, it's it's a it's it's really it's a heartfelt situation, even more so than a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, they got tape of it, and and he telling them he got a gun and he's in his license and everything, and and they fucking kill him on tape. And so and everybody's really confident. Like, as as now, don't get me wrong, they they mad, they hurt, they. They piss, but there's also a certain confidence that, you know, uh, this cop is going to be held accountable because it's on tape, because you got so much. And, you know, my experience was such that I got to understand what some of the tactics and what goes on behind the scenes that ain't, you know, generally televised, you know, on, on mass media um, that, that, that I was retelling that story to them just to let to brace them for um what was inevitably the disappointment of mm. of, 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 them, of this cop getting off uh, and, and and so every time I saw these kind of cases you know I find myself retelling to some degree you know the story of my experience with the Leonard Clark case and watching you know how these systems and these and these folks in these positions get together and plot you know to to on behalf of these you know, white folks attacking and murdering black folks, you know, when and where they can. Um, and so that's, uh, so I, I, I've been wanting to retell the story for those type of motivations. Um, at least since, you know, since Obama took office, since early, you know, that shortly after 08, 09, 2010, that type of era when, you know, back to back, you know, you're seeing the same shit play out. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, and I, I think you spoke um, a little bit about it on the podcast in which it's like the the connection of at the time that you're locked up um, nationally, we're seeing all of these incidents where racial violence, whether it's from police or neighborhood watch groups or whatever, it's like, we're seeing all these things very blatantly in the the environment that you know the Barack Obama presidency of this is the the hope and this is backed by the support of the black community um how was how was kind of like coming to to grips with that especially um being behind bars at the time like seeing that from that side you, no, no, hold on. Just to be clear, you asked me what was it like to to see like the the collaboration of of black folks in these plans. Is that what you asked? More so, just and this may be from my own perspective since I'm a bit younger. Growing up at the time, it was a lot more like this is the Obama presidency. This is hope. This is change, quote unquote change. That was the slogan for the black community and uh, kind of understanding that but also seeing 
the the heavy racial violence component of it and it's like right. we're in a time where we can see so many of these instances as they're happening yeah no great question i'm, I'm glad yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad i got some clarity um it for me you know given my experience and my age right for me personally um so first of all it was difficult to deal with because i saw what it was doing to the general morale of a lot of the people around me. Um, and, and I had a decent understanding of what it was doing to the general morale of black folks who were out in the free world. And that was, that was disheartening because, you know, for me, it was just um, another step in. It's, it's, this is an ongoing war. Black folks um, and our quest for liberation um, and true freedom and, and some and, and, and whatever equity means to us has is, is a war that has been going on since we arrived on these shores right and so um, um you know and so for me that's like we, we made a, a we, we, we conquered a significant hill when Obama won but the war wasn't over right and so the response to us, Conquering that hill was a lot of just uh, personal, erratic flexing on the part of the white citizenry and these kind of really racist crackers who still got it in them um, to, you know, to, 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 to murder and got these little law enforcement, understand their position in these law enforcement departments and 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 some of these courts and local governments um and they and they exercising that so you know but it, yeah it was it was real tough to see um it was real tough to see but i that's how i was that's how i was understanding it i'm looking at what's happening and it was there was no there was no it made sense that 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 white folks um you know that that brand of white folks would uh would start to show itself in them ways. Um, it was just frustrating to be watching it um, happen so blatantly and and uh, and then get off and then beat these type of cases and to see how much uh, support that type of racism, that type of you know hate hateful deadly racism. Um, had permeated other systems, you know, I'm in the joint. And so I've seen well enough that it's not, you know, it's two systems of justice, right? But to watch that happen, you know, on, on the, on the, in the nation's eye, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like King, like you think about Martin Luther King. He, he, he did these protests and got holes down and put himself in these positions to get rocks thrown inside his head and just to show the world, it was you know, to show the world how vicious, you know, that, that, uh, that Southern cracker was. And so, you know, to, to realize you've got nightly national news showing the world, you know, uh, just how, you know, vicious some of these attacks are. And that's, you know, ain't nobody still being held accountable. That was frustrating. So, yeah, it was a hell of a uh, just watching Obama's presidency from the joint was tough for me because it at the same time, you know, you don't dwell on the bad twenty four seven. So 
you know, you know, there are times when I'm really happy. Um, and I look back still happy that the, the president, my daughter first most, uh, identified with was Barack Obama. Hmm. And I mean, that's, uh, so the thing is there is, um, there is still so much that we can be doing ourselves on every level that when you see hope inspired, it's, um, it's, it's a win. Uh, at the same time, when you, you know, you, you, you don't lose sight of what it is we're up against and they not letting us, you know, forget it. So it's, man, it's just, you know, the, this life is a, is a wonderful war, bro. And so that, I just, uh, try to roll with the punches, but, but yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, it was challenging, man. It was challenging, but insightful. Life is a wonderful war. I totally like with the sentiment of, of kind of seeing both sides of it. It's almost like when, when we think about um, Barack Obama, when we when we're posed with like the the aftermath of the president presidency, we're almost expected to have like a this was a net good or this was a net bad response, and it's like we there's room in the middle for us to acknowledge the shortcomings, but also just what psychologically um, having Barack Obama, having a black president and for children at the time growing up to see that, um, what that means just purely on the, on the strength of just being seen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you gotta, uh, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, when I was a, a much, when I was half my age, man, um, I I had, I didn't have foresight. And so, and that's, but that's, that's also a huge plus for, 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 for being young and having that youth that ain't, you know, you know, um, hasn't seen how, how much of a long game this is. That's what a fire the fire of a, of a, of a culture and a nation exists that, you know, most prominently. But when I was a youngster, I remember, you know, um, you see, you know, Rodney King, you see, you know, there were, you see all of these, you see so many, uh, injustices, man, and violations. Um, and, and, and you take these losses and, and it's easy to just feel like, you know, it's, 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 no, there's no, it's all, it's all bad. Um, and he told me, you know, you, he said, your, your generation is too used to uh, the 30 minute television show, right? This, this, you know, the, the idea of a story, uh, having a beginning, middle and end, and you're applying that to life and the real world you live in. And so, um, as long as we on the field, it's still the middle of the game. And so, you know, but we, you know, we look up and take an L and lose a couple yards on the football field and, and act, you know, act like, you know, the game can't be won and we're going to just get too lost up, you know, on that on that loss of yardage when um, it's like, okay, what's next? Like, how do we build on whatever games were here? Um, and then, you know, and, and everybody ain't going to agree no way, right? And so... But you gotta, yeah, you you, you gotta appreciate 
um, your self alignment. You, you know, you, you know, no matter how, how how you feel about something like Barack Obama's presidency and it not being everything that some you know some folks might have hoped it would be, um, to deny what it was and to deny the advances that were made, that's just emotional. And so you know you can't you can't blame nobody for being emotional. You just gotta hope they start thinking more logically. Um, speaking of emotions now, you, you said earlier on that, you know, the, the instance of Leonard Clark's beating made you emotional to the extent that you just wanted, you wanted that beating to be extent, extended to the, to the ones that did it. And you, you, you felt that within you, um, what does it feel like now looking back at it, having told the story and now like looking back at the incident, what, what type of emotions do you feel today? Uh, yeah, today I got different goals, right? And that was an emotional response in the moment. Um, it's been so long. I, you know, I don't want to go, I'm not looking to uh, go fight this man for right. what happened back then. Um, uh, that ain't that ain't my job. But um, so it feel at this point, like I say, I for me, it's not about fighting white folks no more. It's about fighting for black folks. So um, I, the focus ain't on uh revenge is on winning it ain't on you know hitting him now, you know at some point you know you're gonna have to hit somebody to get through this shit because you know there's still a, a physical component to this to this wonderful war but yeah back then that was my focus now it's more like um fighting for black folks by by weaponizing them with the information understand that this is one of their tactics we you know, and this is one of their um, their the strategies out of they out of they book in this wonderful war, and so uh, you know it's about you know usurping that information from their archive and 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 arming you know folks on our side uh, with understanding of, you know the tactics they'll use, um, and so so I feel no I feel um I feel actually I feel like I feel like getting the story out and the way that it's um, been received is way more impactful than having caught up with them boys back then and beat the shit out of them. Hmm. I, I feel like this is a lot more important and I can see that now today where I, you know, I, I couldn't have, I probably, I couldn't have seen it then when I was just emotional and, and purely angry. Um, now, Leonard Clark's, uh, beating from listening to the episode from, from looking into the incident, it, it reminds me of, you know, all the others in the way that, you know, it seems like the aftermath is heavily focused on, once again, asking black folks to just open their hearts, um, and the themes of, forgiveness and reconciliation um what do you think or how do you see what do you think it would t 
take for us to see more of a sentiment um, when these incidents of racial violence happen and more of a sentiment of like condemnation and, you know, when something happens, condemning the circumstances that create it? Um, uh, you, you're talking about when are we going to see more of an outcry against, you know, what's, what's, what's creating the environment for violence against black folks or right as a, as opposed to as a, as a, so I feel I feel there are there are people um, right now. There's a huge call. I think that's what like uh, defund and abolish the police is about. Um, it's it's about you know um, even though people you know get caught up in in the title, um, which is just which is also a tactic too, right? I mean, only people who got a real complaint about the title um, are, are people who don't understand what the movement is really about right and so uh but I, I think i think there are a lot of people starting to make more and more noise about the fact that look you you we need resources um we need reparations um there are you know there are some some uh some wins occurring um here and there there's some work being put in out here so you know i, I think i think it's i think it's part of the conversation when will it grow when will that be like what more people are uh, are pushing, um, probably when enough voices make it to um, enough enough of the right voices make it to like that that you know white liberal American television and get you know because right now that feels to be like the the ceiling for what we getting accomplished in America as black folks. We get in the comment about as much as they, uh, and not because we can only get it from them, but but that's where, you know, the, the masses of us uh, decide is like, you know, a, the appropriate amount of of pushback and and uh, and advocacy and push, right? So, um, I think I think once. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, it becomes a, na- a part, a, a heavier part of the national conversation. Um, yeah, it's still fringe now, and so yeah, it's, it's gonna take it's gonna take the people that's um, talking about it now to uh, get get more aggressive um, with the messaging and push it to uh, to larger audiences, uh, break it down more for the people who are being swayed uh by uh by mass media and and um it's gonna take mixing that uh that that real uh kind of like benevolent cousin like so like right now a lot of the a lot of the uh people who are talking to the issues you're talking about are um mostly younger seem to be mostly like younger black folks who are really black youngsters who are really inspired like yourself. Right. Um, uh, and, and they're really inspired to, to help, um, other black folks. 
a lot of times they aren't the ones actually, you know, closest to um, to being in the shoes of, of the people they advocating for, which is a beautiful fucking thing because it's been a long time since we've seen, you know, folks from one class of black folks uh, trying to help folks from another class. And when I say class, I'm just talking about socioeconomic conditions. You know what I mean? I'm just talking about folks with more means and more access and, and more education, formal or otherwise, um, reaching back, throwing a ladder back for, you know, the, the section of us, you know, if class ain't, you know, because class can be misconstrued, that those of us who, 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 who ain't got those means and are most vulnerable, right? And so at the same, but it's going to take um, them to... Uh, to, to get that fire from that most vulnerable community, you know, it's a it's a vulnerable. You get the, the people who 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 we fighting for the most ain't even often in tune with the fact that they're being fought for. Mm. You know, we we fight for these youngsters who we also struggle with. Um, who who don't have the the means didn't have a a half a fair shake uh, and dealing with you know a, you know the, the cards that they were dealt which was was few and lopsided and 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 yeah there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of us who who making it real hard you know to live amongst each other you know um it, you know it's it's bad out here and and uh you know. And, and 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 we but that's who we fight for though. You know, because we understand what you just said. It's the environment and, and, and the elements that you know that these children are being born into that's creating this. So, you know, we we gotta we gotta get to the root. Meanwhile, they they don't even know, you know, we gotta bridge that gap in an even better way. Um we gotta show them that, you know, uh, you know, there's a fight being waged for them. And so maybe it's time to, you know, fight for them more personally, too, um, instead of just politically in, in terms of how we affect policy. It's probably time to, you know, kind of fight to get in their lives. Uh, something went viral recently on Instagram from your boy, Dr. Umar, who, you know, I got a, a, I got friends who love him, friends who can't stand him, but... You know, he what he was saying about, you know, it's up to, to black men to um aid and assist, save and rescue uh black boys. You know, it's mm-hmm. time it's time for uh so it's time to get it's time to get just a little more boots on the ground. Just a little more boots on the ground. Um and I think that'll uh that'll be that tipping point to get that as a bigger part of the conversation and the goal. No, for sure. I think um, what you spoke about in the sense that, you know, sometimes we're fighting and not even being recognized that we're fighting for one another. It's like there it's it's warfare on multiple different fronts. Right. And it's like it's generational. It's psychological. It's material. It's like there's all these different factors that where it's like we have to fight what's in front of us, but also what's in front of us causes us to then fight amongst each other and fight within ourselves. And it's like, there's so many different wars going on that it gets, 
it it almost it's like it gets harder to see the enemy if that makes sense because it's like you're fighting so many different things at once yeah no exactly it's uh it's 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 an ugly uh it's like a rat race um yeah so it's, it's folks who you know we 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 wage in this particular war for who are fighting close more you know personal wars of their own so, and then that which is why they don't know you know um that this war is going on on their behalf uh yeah yeah that's about right man um is there anything new that you have learned or discovered um since the release of you didn't see nothing um and the reception of it is there anything or any sort of moments that you've kind of thought about and said hey this is something new um that's a great question um i've learned that um that there is there is a real space um for uh for us to tell our stories in a way that I I didn't know exist. You know when I when I I I got involved, I got this started, I was fresh out of the joint. Um and so, you know, I didn't know what an audio podcast was. I was just being introduced to social media for real. Um, and so, you know, what I've learned, uh, you, know, you know, a lot of folks may have already long ago figured out, but there is a, a hell of a space that um, a lot of a lot of black folks don't even really have, have yet to kind of take advantage of in this kind of audio journalism world, just this digital world, right? There, there are more outlets than ever for us to tell our stories. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's been a, a huge lesson just in terms of media and the world in general. Um, and, and that's because that's also changed, you know, how, uh, how the type of racism that Lenar Clark suffered, um, it's, 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 it's a little different now, you know what I mean? That it wouldn't happen. Like the exact same way because you got social media and you got black Twitter and you, everything can be a national conversation, you know, in moments. Um, just recently there was a, I don't know if you saw the story, Carlisha Hood and her son, uh, mm-hmm. one of right. And so, um, we're not for social media and the uproar there and how that uproar can spread and, 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 you know, sway public opinion quickly, which is going to influence, you know, politicians and policymakers. Um, it's, in 1997, you know what I mean? When I was investigating this case, wouldn't, it probably wouldn't have gone down like that. You know, that woman and her son would very likely be uh, getting accused, um, you know, tried for murder. Uh, and yeah, it's just, um, a lot has changed. Uh, that's that's probably you know seeing the effect of this of this podcast and the reach of this digital media and these these platforms. I can see just um you know for everything that 
that may uh, be to our detriment fucking around with social media and, and this digital world. Um, there's a lot of strength and power in it. You know, mm. you know, being in a lot of ways, it feels like it's kind of being weaponized. You know, whether you know, you know, by design or not, but it feels like it's being weaponized against um, against a lot of folks. But we can weaponize it too. It goes both ways. Um, yeah, yeah, it's probably been my biggest lesson as I look back. I'm telling this story. Um, the the more that media evolves and like this is the positive that I try to see in it in like the growth of the internet and social media and how media at this point, um a lot of companies, a lot of legacy media, a lot of media over time is like struggling and newsrooms are closing and consolidating. I think the positive that I see in that, at least with with some of the negative, is that the the hope is that the narratives are able to change and independent media, as well as you know people through social media, just being in invested or involved at the time of things happening. Um, my hope is that more of that comes to light rather than um having to look at everything through the narrative of whatever the cnn's or the the foxes or the times or whatever it is um at least that's that's kind of the positive i try to take out of the the yeah you know um no that 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 is the positive that that is at least one of the positives right and and to and to to realize that 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 positive, because it's still a possibility, and to realize its potential, um, it, it's really on us, on journalists, on storytellers, on on media makers, to to investigate those sources. See, right now, what's happening, and it's and it's so beneficial, is you know we are spreading the word on these stories that a lot of people otherwise wouldn't even know about. So many of these stories. Um, that, that take fire, make it to, to, to national news and headline news because social media is, is indicating, you know, how hot a story it is. There are a lot of stories that we know about that we would never know about were it not for social media because you, you're just not going to see all of these, you know, um, you know, murders in, in rural towns, you know, that, that somebody, you know, has been able to broadcast um, or a lot of the ones that happen in big cities even, right? It's, it's you know, a shit that goes on every day that don't make the news that that normal traditional news cycle. Um, but, but what's going on right now is right. We're spreading the word as we get it from the Associated Press or a lawyer's office, you know, whoever's representing somebody or whatever local news people's on the ground. It's time for, because it's a beautiful thing that we are, you know, you got enough of us online spreading these stories to our community so we can start, you know, uh, making noise out here about it. And, and you, but you got key players who are um, spreading the word, you know, to larger populations. You got key players who are lawyers and activists who, who try to, you know, jump down and, and, and further some justice in these cases. It's time for people sharing content and the storytellers 
to not just be so happy to be the first person with the, mm. the next update, but actually being the person to investigate. You know, you hear because because that's the that's the next phase. All right, we hear about what's going on. All right, so who in that town in proximity and and you know to this to this event can get there and investigate it now instead of just spreading the word. It's time. That's what I'm saying. It's about boots on the ground. We got to get our hands a little dirtier. Um, and so and so, but that's that's just that much more hope that lies in it. Right, that that starts to spur more action. Right, it's good to keep talking about it, but that's even the, you know the case when uh with this story, you know that I've told now. It's like, well, let, let's let's if it's this inspiring, let's let's make it let's let it inspire us to do something that had you know instead of just this, you know knowledge without action is you know just headspace. Um. You know, so let's let's uh let's let's put it to work. Right. So yeah, it opens up a whole lane, it opens up a world of possibilities. Right. Let's analyze the story rather than just be first one to it. Let's discover the story. You know, we repeating the story. You know, we hear about it and don't but don't get me wrong, again, I'm not complaining about that. I'm I'm celebrating it's a win that we can, you know, make these stories that viral that they would otherwise be, you know, gone unheard. That's a, that's a, that's a huge win on that football field. Right. That's, um, but now, okay. Now what do we do next? Now we start, you know, when we start hearing about it and spreading the word. Let's go start investigating this case. Hmm. Let's go start figuring out what's happening instead of waiting for, you know, whoever's on the scene. Most definitely. Um, but yeah, is there is there anything else you want to share for our listeners? Um, maybe what you got going on next. Um, what you're what you're invested in currently? Yeah. So uh, right now, um, I'm interested in uh, continuing to tell like some you know some hardcore. In investigative stories delivering, you know, really hardcore journalism and figuring out uh, how to get it to folks that um, it's not currently reaching. There's a, um, there's a level of information that is not reaching the streets. Um, you've got you got information being broken down at really high levels out here that uh, that is not making it to the streets, and and so I think about uh, how to do that. So I'm, I'm you know working on creating um, a media lab that will uh, start um, you know giving uh, the right folks, uh, we're giving folks. Um, the right folks to start with, right? Because it's got to start somewhere. But ultimately give uh, serious journalists, you know, some creative freedom to tell stories that, you know, otherwise they'd be told. Um, and uh, and then outside of that, like I told you, I'm, I'm also 
make stuff. So I'm, uh, you know, always, um, that's my creative outlet. Uh, yes. And, and I, I appreciate you, man. And I, I, uh, I just hope that, you know, your, your generation and, and the journalists on the rise and, and, you know, um, y'all, uh, you know, just go get, go get the truth. You know I me mean? and mm. um, go get the truth, man, and uh, and 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 figure out how to message it in a way that inspires, um, inspires us. You know, keep 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 uh, keep fighting this, keep fighting this war to the fullest, man. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you for uh, how heavily you are already involved and committed. To making change in some real places, man. I, I see a lot of youngsters and a lot of folks complain about youngsters not being inspired, and um, so it's 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 a it's a hell of a pleasure to uh, to see uh, youngsters who are, man. So hats off to you, man. Most definitely, thank you. That especially coming from someone like yourself, that means that means a lot. Someone who's been there and and seen firsthand um how this how this landscape works but um yeah i want to i want to thank you once again johans for being on the podcast and um for everyone listening uh to if you haven't already go check out you didn't see nothing um podcast um it's a great episodic ser- series how many episodes are it once again seven seven, seven episodes seven episodes tune in for that for sure but um, yeah, thank you all for listening. Once again, this has been another episode of the 2BD podcast. And what comes next, as always, is to be determined. Peace. Peace.